Mr. White. How Good are you? Good morning, Mrs. Angel. I am spectacular. How are you? Oh, my goodness. We have an absolute superstar of education in the studio with us. Exciting. Let's welcome Mr. Exciting. Eddie Woo. Yay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, Eddie, the crowd loves you. Yes. <laughs> please, yes. please. Completely unnecessary. We are so excited to have you with us. Um, Eddie would be, I would say, the most recognisable teaching face in all of Australia. I'm putting yes. it out there. Yep. That, which Definitely. is hilarious because I actually have um, a comically uh, common face. In fact, so much so, I was in a hotel in Canberra a couple of years ago, standing there waiting for my toast to pop out of that awkward rolling machine. Yep. And the guy beside me who was also waiting for his toast kept making like weird sideways glances. And I thought, oh, this is one of those moments. Someone's going to say hello. And he said hello. And he said, uh, are you are you Matt from IT? And I said, look, man, I just, I, I don't have enough skill to be qualified for that job, but thank you. It's, I think it's a case of mistaken identity. <laughs> that's that's hilarious that makes me feel so much better about lots of other things once i saw darren lehman at a party um the cricket coach and i looked at him and i was heading over because i thought i went to school with him because he had a recognizable face and my husband caught me just in time before i was going over to say hey did you go to north rockhampton state high school no he looked recognizable because he was darren lehman as opposed to <laughs> somebody from rockhampton Smooth moves. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Could have been, could have gone either way. All right. Let's um <laughs> let's tell the world a little bit more about uh, Eddie Wu. Yes. So his alumni is a primary school. He went to North Rocks Public School. The secondary school that he attended is James Ruse Agricultural High School, and he went to the University of Sydney for his tertiary education. And he has a Bachelor of Education in Secondary Mathematics and Information Technology honors. Uh, Mr. White, tell everybody a bit more about Eddie Wu. Love to. Eddie teaches mathematics at Cherrybrook Technology High School. Since 2012, he's uploaded his everyday classroom lessons to his YouTube channel, WooTube, beautiful name, which has more than 1.7 million subscribers and 150 million views. Within the New South Wales Department of Education, he leads the Mathematics Growth Team, a statewide program of instructional leaders focused on engaging and evidence-based teaching practices. He is a professor of practice at the University of Sydney, working with pre-service teachers in the Sydney School of Education. In 2018, he was named Australia's local hero in the Australian of the Year Awards and listed as one of the top 10 teachers in the world by the Global Teacher Prize. He is an internationally published author, a TED speaker, TV host of ABC's Teenage Boss and Channel 10's Ultimate classroom it is so great to have you here eddie Wu. thank you very much yay, yay. oh no this is the one that goes on for a long time oh, you're up. worth it though eddie you're worth it no i mean please please don't run take your seats everyone. come on guys Come on, Come on, just in the back, sitting oh, down. Oh my goodness. He's a busy man. Oh, what a lovely rabble you have here. Oh, I know. Sometimes <laughs> I just can't keep him under control. <laughs> All right. Um, 
it's so wonderful to have you here. Let's find out a little bit more about the teacher who positively impacted your life. Mm. I've uh, had so many wonderful educators, like a lot of the teachers who've come on this podcast. You know, we are kind of this um, composite picture of teachers who had different values, people who uh, challenge us at particular points in our life. And there are a few teachers that I've talked about very frequently who've made a deep impact on me, like Mr. Brown, my agriculture teacher. Mr. Best, my music teacher, great name for a teacher, by the way. Indeed. Actually, though, today I would love to tell you a bit about someone who I seldom talk about, which is uh, a mistake that I'm going to try and correct now. Um, And that's um, Judy Anderson. Now, Judy Anderson is actually the person who trained me to be a teacher at the University of Sydney. So some might say, hey, hold on a second, like teacher versus university lecturer, like surely it's a bit education adjacent. Um, The reason I'm picking up on Judy is for two reasons. Number one, she always introduced herself as a teacher and she was someone who came through public school just like I did. And you could tell that actually as an academic, she was definitely someone who uh, didn't just talk the talk. She walked the walk. She had that depth of practice and authenticity behind her. Mm-hmm. But the second reason why I want to talk about her is that she um, probably more than anyone really completely transformed the way that I think about the subject that I teach and the students that I teach. Uh, I've talked to a few times before about the fact that uh, even though I'm a mathematics teacher now, I was not and am not gifted at mathematics. So when I was at school, if you'd asked all my friends what subject would Eddie teach if he taught, they would universally have told you English and history because those are subjects I really got a natural flair for and I love them. And my kids are all avid readers as a result. But it was Judy who really changed my mind and my perspective on what the things that we teach our students can mean for our students. Um, mathematics is an example, and it's, I know it's not the only KLA that does this, but it can really inform the way a child thinks about themselves, like whether they think of themselves as an intelligent person or a capable person or um, how they feel in relation to their peers, uh, how they go in this subject and how they feel about themselves as an author of mathematical ideas uh, there's a lot of self-perception sort of balled into that. And Judy Anderson was the person who taught me, I'm not just teaching mathematics. I'm teaching students to see themselves in a different way through mathematics. And I've applied that to everything that I've ever taught. Mm, that's brilliant. fantastic. I love that. Often, often so, I get told, um, sorry, Shays, often I get told, asked, no, me, oh, you're a teacher, where, you know, what do you teach? And I say students. And they think I'm being, you know, I, I am sometimes trying to be funny, but but I'm also thinking, well, that's, no, that's actually what we should be focusing on. It's not it's not the KLA or the subject area, as you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Shaz, you were saying. No, no, no. We had a magical moment a few episodes ago from a young early career teacher who was, who is trained in English and history and uh, is having to teach maths right now. And she felt like it was a are having to, I have to teach maths and I'm totally unqualified for this, but that has been her, her magical moment so far in her career, getting to teach maths and learning to really love it and share that love with students who also previously thought that they didn't love maths. And so that's been a, a big turning point for her in her career, which uh, is beautiful and great to hear that you're sharing a very similar, similar story mm-hmm. as her. Mm-hmm. I know that you had lots of options to uh, when you finished high school. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you did at high school and then Mm. how you came to choose education. 
Yeah, high school was a place where I learned to find my place within education. I'd had a lot of trouble in primary school being a number one, a bookish nerd, uh, number two, uh, a classic textbook introvert, and number three, someone who um, I was born in Sydney and have lived there my entire life, um, but I'm the child of migrants and I had a face that looked really different from the other 29 people in all of the classes I went through in primary school. And so um, growing up was not a fun experience to try and, you know, uh, find my place as a fairly unusual minority, I guess is the best way to say that. But high school, when I arrived there, um, it was kind of like I'd found the place where I, I could be home, where learning was... Um, looked at as something which it's like, hey, if this is the key, the core part of your identity um, and the things that you love doing, like, uh, you know, taking, I, I'm, a, I'm an amateur photographer. Um, so I'm the worst person to take to a botanic garden, by the way, because I will like walk into the botanic gardens and say, hey, there's a cool flower here. And I'll spend half an hour there and you'll be like, we want to go home. So uh, fun stories of when you and I, um, Chaz, were in Singapore. Absolutely. I remember that. And you were telling us there's maths in everything. Look at this flower. And this is absolutely, it was great. And as a, as a as an amateur photographer myself, it was great. But I definitely know there were some people, come on, let's just get, let's just move on. Yeah, yeah. This is not a hypothetical story. Like it's, I'm not exaggerating at all. Anyhow, no. I remember as uh, someone in high school finding um, opportunities to take those little weird idiosyncrasies of my own personality and for them to be prized and valued and for them to grow and flourish. That was really exciting for me. And I think that's when I first got a sense of, huh, all right, like there's, there's a wonderful gift in the, the strange kind of community, the strange microcosm of society that a school is for young people to find who they are, to discover who they are and to let that that flower, as it were. So I think that was the first seed um, of, of a thought to, that I could be um, interested in going into education. Um, the other major contributing factor was that even though I never got amazing marks in any of my tests or exams or subjects, the thing that my friends very rapidly discovered about me is that I love explaining stuff. I just get a kick out of, as so many teachers do, the, the light bulb moment, the aha. In fact, I almost enjoyed that more than actually writing the essays and you know doing the um, assignments for the rest of doing the subject. So my marks weren't great, but I was still the person who my friends turned to when they were like, I don't really get the literary techniques in this poem. Can you please explain them to me? So I thought that was something which everyone enjoyed. And it was only sort of in year 11 where my friends told me, hey, we didn't, we, we kind of didn't want to burst the bubble, but you're really weird. Did you know that you're really weird? Like with love. I'm sure they were yeah. saying it with love. With love, uh, Eddie, you, a fair sometimes, bit of love. Sometimes, sometimes there was, but yep, yep, yep. I think, think that was the, the, the real, um, pushed me through the door of saying, hey, if this is something which you love doing and enjoy and it sort of, sort of have some skill in doing, there's, um, there's real power in exploring that as a career opportunity. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. I am. Um... Teachers are naturally sharers and, and I think there's a lag, Chad. Sorry, I've, I've cut you off again. I think that's teachers okay. are naturally sharers and helpers. And and I reckon that's you know, a great moment of reflection where you can actually realize that that's not something that everyone has. And when you when your mm -hmm. friends tell you that that's something you, you do and you naturally do and you're good at, yeah, what a, what a light bulb moment. I love that. Sorry, Chad, let's go again. 
No, um, I wanted to just tell you that my son right now is has just gone into grade seven, Eddie, and mm. is definitely experiencing that that shift from primary school to high school, and he's really found his people, and he's he's loving going and doing the subjects um, separately, and he's got a real love of maths. He's a big fan of yours, mm. and uh, but funny story, uh, he came, he did his first maths test at school. And he sent us a text message, his dad and I, a text message when he got the results back and he got an A+. plus. He got 25 wow. out of 25 perfection results. He was Amazing. so, so excited. And he's in the honours class. And when he came home, I said to him, so when you did the honours test, you, to get into honours, was it all maths? And he said, because I knew that he was pretty good at maths. I didn't know he was really that good at maths. And he said, no, 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 no just shows you he's got a long way to go. He said, no, it was 50% maths, it was 50% English, and it was 50% science. He's really going somewhere, isn't he, Eddie? Yeah, yeah. No. Hey, look, I mean, actually, you know, this is, sorry, you, you've gotten me on a soapbox. This is a funny thing, right? Uh, even though we can have a laugh about this, uh, what this leads into is, and again, this goes back to, um, the thing I mentioned about Judy Anderson, who taught me how to be a teacher, one of the things I used to think was that there's like this body of knowledge. And once you master that, you're an expert at it and you can just, um, you know, you can teach and know everything um, that needs to be known about your subject. And like I've been teaching 15 years now, which is kind of at the weird spot where you're like, man, I still got so much to learn. But you also look at these younger generations of teachers coming through and you think, was I ever that green? I mean, of course I was, but you, you kind of struggle to remember. Um, and I remember the first time I, yeah, I had this light, my own light bulb moment of thinking, oh, we teach students about fractions and decimals and percentages, this very math specific thing. But so many students have this misconception that actually you can never have um, anything bigger than 100% because that's the, the maximum, right? And in fact, we look at things that are more than 100% all the time. Like say, for example, if you're having a look at a budget and you haven't planned out your budget very effectively, you might spend more than 100% of your budget and then have some problems to solve later. So I would say, even though in this particular instance, there's some correction to be had, you know, not the end of the world. We've got some work there. There you go. Okay. Oh, he's going to be delighted to hear that. Absolutely <laughs> delighted. Remembering though, this is a kid who in primary school did ride to school get to school, cross the crossing and was in his pajamas still. So nice. there, I think there is a, there is a fair bit of correction to still go oh, in, in, his, in his sweet little soul. I love him. Um, so, uh, Whitey, you had some questions from some of your work colleagues. I did. Do you want I to did. throw them at, at Eddie? I'd love to. My uh, my math teaching colleagues were very excited that I had the opportunity to have a chat with you, and they demanded that I, that I ask you a couple of questions. Um, but they, you know, they're pretty universal as well. So, how do you deal with, or how do you overcome math anxiety in students? And dovetail, what do you say to the parents who have had math anxiety in the past, and that they recall never being very good at maths either? Yeah, wow. That's a great question. And I should say, um, I've actually been having a conversation about this specific idea with someone around the fact that mathematical anxiety, it's a thing. Um, but anxiety of all academic varieties, um, it, it does exist. And it's not, um, 
it's not as though mathematics has that market cornered, but mathematics is, um, and I'll give you a reason for this in a second. Uh, mathematics is particularly well known for how much, you know, the, the physiological response of sweaty palms and not in the stomach, especially if we're sitting a formal test or things like that. Um, it's a phenomenon that is not to be ignored or trifled with. So I guess to, to come to your question, the first thing is, I guess the conversation we're having right now to acknowledge it and say, hey, this is a thing. Don't feel bad if you are a little nervous before you go into something. And one of the most disempowering things is to have someone say to you, that thing you're experiencing right now, your emotional experience, it's not real. It's not like, you know, get over it, right? Um, I have, uh, throughout my family, I've got, we've had various challenges with mental health and well-being over the years and the decades. And one of the things I'm so grateful for is that today, our generation has so much of a better recognition and awareness of these issues. And I think about my parents, our parents' generation, who they were just told, you know, stiff up a lip, move on. Um, it's all in your head. And what a, what a tragic thing to say to anyone who is struggling with something, you know, very genuine. So I think acknowledgement is the first thing. The second thing, again, now sort of being more fine um, on our colleagues here, is to just recognize the incredible power of the small interactions that we have. So I'll give you a really little but practical example. Um, I, I wasn't so deliberate about this at the beginning of my teaching career, but now every year when I start off and get new classes, I'm always ready for this particular moment where I pose a question to the class and a few hands go up with some people volunteering their responses. And I select someone and they give me an answer that's wrong and it's very clearly wrong. They've misunderstood the question, they've miscalculated something. And it's not just that I know an error has been made, but actually other people in the class, those who you know um, really have been ahead of the curve, they're like, what are, you, what are you thinking? Have you been paying attention? I'm waiting for this moment because when the student says that answer that the whole class knows is wrong, the next 45 seconds are critical for the environment and the expectations and the culture we set up for that class, right? Now, what's gonna happen there? Well, very typically, the teacher's gonna say, no, 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 uh, that's, that's wrong. Someone else got the right answer, right? Or one of the students might say, might laugh, or they might, you know, hit the boy on the shoulder and say like, what are you talking about? Like that's, you know, you're going crazy. Now these kinds of things, which will go by without a second thought if we're not paying attention to them. These are the kinds of little moments that I think contribute to a lot of the anxiety that our students experience in mathematics and in other areas. Because what's the student being taught in that moment? They're being taught, oh, okay, I'm not gonna do this next time because I don't wanna be in that moment where I've been told I've wrong, where I'm, I don't have any meaningful contributions to give to this class. And so I actually make that a moment because I'm, I'm watching, I'm looking for my students who are gonna um, pick up on that. And I'll say, hey, stop right there. Mistakes are some of the most valuable things that we have in this classroom. We prize them because they help us to move forward in our learning. If we never make mistakes, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. So you've got actually something to learn here. If you're the person who feels like they get everything right. Uh, mistakes are things which if you're a real capital M mathematician in a university, you're making mistakes constantly because you're pushing the envelope of human knowledge. And so that's just a little microcosm of uh, where I like to say, okay, there's a moment here where I can set up a, a culture and expectation of uh, 
assuaging people's concerns about, do I have something to say? Should I put my hand up? What, what will the teacher say? What will the rest of the, my friends say when I maybe have this wrong? I want to provide that environment that they feel comfortable in. Does that make sense before I talk mm. about parents? Yeah, love absolutely. it. Absolutely yeah. love it. And, and kids being able to be confident. We've done our job right. If we've got a, a class full of students who are confident to make mistakes, put it out there and then and then verbalize their their learning that they've had from that, because we know verbalizing is so is is so important for learning. So verbalize that reflection and so what you're gonna do in the future and 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 share that aha moment. That's a thing of absolute beauty. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why Tell do you other about the parents? Is, yeah, parents. So um, I guess, you know, backing off of the last question, the first thing is for parents to, again, acknowledge that we ourselves have this outsized influence on what our children uh, think and believe about themselves. And so much of that is unintentional. Um, one of the things that I um, wrote about recently um, was about how mathematics anxiety often comes from the most unintentional things. So when a parent says something which, and please, if anyone's listening and they have said the thing I'm about to say, don't feel bad because it is um, a very well-intentioned statement and it's a very natural thing to say, but it does have some unintended negative consequences that I'm gonna talk about is the most sort of um, disarming thing for someone to try and say, hey, look, kid, I was never good at maths either. It's okay. Don't feel bad about it. Uh, if you're not very good at this, that's, that's all right. You have my permission, right? Now, people generally say that because, again, we want to we want to come alongside a child who's struggling and make them feel like they're not alone. And so that's not a bad motivation. That's something which um, every parent does with their children very naturally, right? Um, however, the upshot of that is that unfortunately, sometimes what it does is it gives a child um, permission to say, oh, well, then I just don't have to bother, right? Now, of course, they would never necessarily articulate it in so many words, but I see this played out. Um, over and over again in uh, classes that what I see is, you know, as a secondary teacher, I'll have children come in and they're 12 years old at the beginning of their high school journey, but they've had for more than half of their life, it's been reinforced to them, perhaps by what their parents have said to them, perhaps the, the, the ability group that they've been placed into over many years I'm not very good at maths and I'm never really going to be any good at maths because, well, look at the advice that my parent has given me. They've just said, don't worry about it. So I think the biggest um, practical thing I would say to any parent is to embrace being a co-learner with your child. Um, so many parents during remote learning, right? We experienced so much of our child's schooling that we didn't get much insight into before, particularly we got teenage children. I only get like a grunt out of them when I ask them how they um, went at school today. I'm not an expert at any of the other subjects that my children learn, but I can be curious. And when my kid says to me, oh, I'm learning about covalent bonds, which I remember not understanding when I was at school, I can say, hey, uh, help me, help me, talk to me about this. Um, talk to me about time signatures in music. I went through preliminary and first grade piano when I was like seven years old and I got kicked out because my fingers were too stubby and short to reach an octave. So this is something that's kicking around in my brain. I know it's there, but I don't understand it hey kid can you help me with this that that statement uh well not even that statement that attitude of i'm here to learn alongside you that's powerful i think mm. it sends a really strong message to our kids yeah Absolutely. excellent the, the the attitudes that come from home uh really go a long way in setting the student up don't they i really i really think that that's true and often 
you know, you meet the parents and you can sort of see where a lot of this might be coming from. Um, but that's a great way to disarm them and, and you know, to, to focus on what they should be saying, because as you say, every parent wants the best for their, their child. So this is how to do it. You know, ask them to explain it to you. Great. Yeah, I love it. And it really um, often, and it's always with the best of intentions that a parent is, mm. is saying that or mm. sometimes saying, well, uh, you know, I was never good at it. So you, of course you're not going to be good at, at it, indicating that it's going to, it's a biological Mm. Um, thing that's being passed down. So I like it's important for us to challenge it, but then replace it with a behaviour that we can yes. we can get the parents to to put in yep. place. Yeah, definitely. I love it. All right, yeah. I'm putting both of you on the spot now. Um, we're talking maths, and I want to hear. Um, I want to hear your best uh, maths wise crack. <laughs> so I'm going to play a I'm going to play a sting for each of you. Um, Whitey, you're going to go first, and then okay. uh, and then and then I'll let um, Mr. Wu go. All right. Whitey's weekly rice cracks. What do you got, Mr. White? It's actually a perfect right, segue, Shaz, because it's got a lot to do with what we were just speaking about. Um, so, perfect. you know, students asking, wanting to get a bit of know, know a bit about you. So, what, what were you like at school, Mr. White? Were you um, what were you good at? What were you not good at? So, yeah, I spent most of my time playing music and playing sport. Um, and I said, oh, you know, I wasn't that good at maths. You know, I, I failed that many math tests, I couldn't count. And then I <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, you cue the laughter. And then I said, um, but I was very good at history. Oh, wait. No, I wasn't. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's not right. so much a crack, but it's a, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but it's, it's, sometimes it's so terrible. It's good. All right. Yeah, it's All right. right. I'm going to play another sting for you. He doesn't say, uh, we're just going to replace it with woo. All right. Here we go. Right. Whitey's weekly rice cracks. What do you got, Mr. White? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people know why uh, 10 was afraid of 7, and that's because 7, 8, 9, and 10 was next. Now, look, I know people know that, but the thing people don't know is why 7, 8, 9, and that's because, well, 7 was told you really should have three square meals a day, huh. and three squared yeah. is 9. Oh, <laughs> It's good. It's good. He takes it to the next level. Next that's, level. What Mr. that's what next Mr. Wood does. You didn't think we could get any lower than Whitey. Where there's a wall, there's a way. How about that? Oh, hey. oh he's got to oh, come all day. Good. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm here should... till the end of the week. Thanks, everyone. Uh, so, so the, comedy, mean, this, the this... comedy fest is finished. It's a shame. Uh, we could we he could just go. He hasn't just been on play school. He could also have his own uh, comedy show as well. Could be the next thing coming up. I know Mr. Wu's always got something coming up next, so who knows? It could just it could be a little um, in Melbourne Comedy Festival or something like that, just a little stint. Um, all right. I also want to hear from you. You've had 15 years in education and you've you've done some absolutely amazing things. And, um, and I want to say a personal thank you for the work that you've done because you've done lots of work with kids, but you have done amazing work with really shining a positive light on the profession and mm. uh, and 
and teaching has to have a poster child and I'm very glad that you are our poster child and I'm I'm always happy when somebody is speaking highly of you because when they speak highly of you they're speaking highly of teachers and I know that's something you're very very passionate about so you've done amazing things and I know there's been amazing magical moments throughout so we would like to hear from you now what is one of your magical moments I'm going to play some little music to lead you in and then you can tell us what your magical moment is. For me, even though I've had the ridiculous, incredible opportunities to do so many things as an educator that I never would have dreamed, um, opportunities and doors that have opened that I certainly did not plan for myself, um, but they came knocking on my door and I'm very grateful for them, uh, a lot of which you just spoke about. Uh, I think that if I had to pick one magical moment, it is back from something that uh, as a classroom teacher um, has happened to many different teachers, I expect, but importantly, it happens without us necessarily knowing. And this moment, um, I only can tell you about it because this person came and told me about it. So there was a a student of mine um, several years ago, and what I did not know when she joined my class at the beginning of year 11 was that um, she had really been um, wrestling with her own mental health. And um, to put it very bluntly, at the beginning of year 11, wasn't really sure if she was going to make it to the end of the year, not just even to the end of the year at school, but to the end of the year being healthy and alive and she was in a very dark place and you know as as teachers we sort of walk into the room you get to know your your first uh you know less first lesson with the kids you very rapidly learn who are the three keen beans who constantly have their hand up at your answer you learn the um other three who are the most disruptive and have lots of behavior issues like okay those guys i've got quickly and then in the middle you take a little more time to work out who's who and um this this young woman, I could tell that she was a little bit troubled. Um, she was putting up a very brave front. Um, and I, I sort of recognized a lot of that from my own, um, yeah, like I said, my own family's wrestle with depression and, and trying to look like you got everything all together when it's pretty clear um, that you're going through a really tough time, right? And so I knew like, okay, I wanna provide support to this, um, this student. And I did in many ways what you would expect that we would do to any particular student, which is to say, make sure you get beside them, ask what help they specifically need. If they um, need support outside of class time, making sure you're available in the morning or recess or lunch, all those kinds of things. Nothing that felt particularly out of the ordinary. But several months in, uh, this student came to me and said, look, I, um, I'm not sure about whether I should keep going in this subject or not. One of the peculiarities about teaching mathematics is that pretty much every jurisdiction has different levels in and different courses and that kind of things. Like am I, that's A, B, and C, or am I advanced extension, those kinds of things. And uh, she said to me, look, I don't know if advanced is really the course for me. I feel like maybe I should drop down, take something easier. And I had that moment where I thought, what am I gonna say? to this student, which way am I going to write? Of course, I knew all the different ways that she'd been struggling and I'd learned more of those as time had gone on. 
But I also knew, you know, sometimes, <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it, sometimes a question like that, it's a bit of a test, you know? A student wants to know, what does this teacher really mm. think of me? Do you think I can do it? Yeah, uh, do you think I'm up to this? And so I, I said to her, um, look, I actually, I think you're capable of this. Yeah, I know, I know there's some really hard concepts in here and you haven't got the marks that you were really hoping for in some of your assessment tasks, but I've seen the way you engage in class. I know what topics are coming better than you do. And I think you've got what it takes to do um, these if you're willing to put the work in. And, you know, it was a, it was a busy lunchtime. There was like a queue of other students, you know, lining up for different things. And I was like, okay, is that all right? I'm sorry we don't have more time to talk about it. And she's like, yeah, okay. I think I, I think I get it. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a whirl for the rest of the year. Right. Now, fast forward all the way to graduation and uh, she, you know, gets her certificate. She walks across the stage, beams for the, you know, official photograph and she comes off the stage and, uh, you know, raised my hand for a high five. And she said, so I don't know if you realize, but that day when you told me to, to stay in your course, right, to stay in this particular class, I wasn't just wondering about whether to stay in that class or not. I was actually, um, at the time, um, I was harming myself and I was really contemplating some much more severe actions at that point because I was, at a, I was in a really dark place. And you even just telling me that I should keep going in this course, it made me realize I've got something, I've got something to give and I'm not ready to give up. And I think, a big part of why I'm alive here to graduate and walk across this stage is because I got to stay in your class. And I look, I'm not, I'm not the crying type of person. Generally, um, my wife will, you know, at a graduation ceremony for other kids will start bawling or, you know, at an Olympic medal ceremony, she's like, Australia didn't even win, but I'm just so emotional. I'm not usually that way. I just could not help but like my whole face went hot and I felt the tears well up and I just thought what a privilege it is yeah. to have that opportunity to have that um, influence on a young person's life to play a small role in one chapter in their life but a critical role and I know that happens when I don't find out about it and so does every teacher who cares for the students in uh, their in their classes so I don't know if that's not yeah, magical. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all kinds of magical. That's, uh, that is perfectly, perfectly captures the, the fact that teachers change lives. Your every, your, all of those conversations, you're having so many conversations with students every day and they all count and they all matter and they are changing students' perspectives on themselves either Mm -hmm. way. So it's why it's such an important position, it's such an important role in society uh, and and for the growth of these young minds. And, wow, that's really beautiful, Eddie. Thank you. That's Mm, No, look, I mean, thank you. I mean, hopefully, you know, what listeners get from that is that that's not anything... I, I really wholeheartedly believe that's nothing peculiar to me. That truly happens yeah. all the time. I totally kind of agree. Yeah. Um, and I think actually maybe just as a, off the back of the encouragement of that story, I hope, um, I actually want to put a challenge to everyone because I remember um, one of the teachers who mentored me early in my career, one of the things that um, he said to me was that one of the best things about teaching is that what you do, it matters. Like it makes a difference to people, right? As the name of this podcast suggests. But one of the hardest things is that it's not just that it matters, but it matters 
every single day. You don't know when that little casual conversation. But not just every single day, every single second, every second. of every day. Oh, every yeah, every, right. every conversation that you're having, and there's so many of them, every little tiny conversation. Yep, mm. sorry. Yeah, exactly. no, you're right. Um, and it just reinforces, you know, sometimes we might feel like we have bad days, right? We have days where we t- we roll out of bed and we think, do I have to go to work today? I don't know if I've got enough in the tank to do it. But I, one of the things that motivates me ongoingly is remembering, um, yeah, it, it, I never know when that conversation is going to have a deep impact on someone. So be ready for it. Yeah. absolutely and that's that moral it's that moral purpose behind behind teaching and teachers and we've got lots of listeners who are at uni studying studying teaching which is great and um and it's important for them to to really have that it's not just a job and it's a this is it's a calling and and tapping into that and knowing that this is it, this is a really profound profession it's it's not just a nine to five it's it's mm. it literally can have a massive impact on people's so lives so much more mm. yeah it's very special, very, very special. And if that's not getting you out of bed in the mornings, then then what is, right? Don't know. Don't know. No. Not much else. All right. I want to change gears. So we've got those mm. life-changing moments for us as teachers and students, uh, which is the awesome one of the awesome parts of being a teacher. And then we've also got those other things that happen at schools that – are the reason why we get invited to, to to parties and to barbecues because we tell a cracking story about the crazy things that kids do when they're in your class. Kids say the darndest things. Kids do the darndest things. The crazy things that happen in, in the schoolyard are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Do you have a teaching tale that you would be able to share with us, Mr Wu? Oh, of course. I mean, the challenge is uh, how to select the right one. So, um, wait, think... stop. You think about it. I'm going to play. The, I'm going to play the sting. All right, get <laughs> sure. it, get the get the right one in your head. All right. <laughs> Teaching tales. Dun dun dun. Go for it. Give us your teaching tale. So one of the things I think is so important is to develop rapport with students, right? And I know this is kind of like a a truism of teaching, I think, that you can't just, you know, be an expert at your subject. As you were saying, why do we teach students, not not just the subject? And so I've always prized myself on um, putting lots of effort into not just knowing students, what makes them tick, but also sort of going out of my way and not just knowing them within the context of the classroom, but what what extracurricular stuff um, students do. Like I love going to, um, you know, a music ensemble recital night or a drama night um, or, you know, getting involved with sport, for example, though that that can backfire. I'm actually a dual subject teacher, um, haven't taught. Um, IT and software subjects for a while, but there was a point where I taught maths and IT, and I also coached um, a, a sport team. And this poor young boy, he had me for all three of them. I'm like, sorry, Kevin, you just get me like 75% of the day. But I've always thought it's important to, you know, I actually love even when I'm not on playground duty, just getting out there and um, interacting with students. You you often get like a whole different view of a student, just seeing with their friends in a different environment, right? So anyway, one year I had this year nine class and, you know, gotta love year nine, right? Lots of, lots of hormones flying around, lots of energy, lots of, lots of fun behaviors you've got to manage. And um, I knew, okay, this, this class was tough. I, I'd taken like a few weeks. I still wasn't quite getting through to them. I hadn't quite established, all right, you guys get what I'm about and I understand what you're about. And um, in particular, there was this one student named Raphael and um, like he was bright, he was smart. 
Um, and I felt like uh, he should really, on, on paper, should be the kind of kid who, number one, excels at my subject, and number two, I should be able to get along pretty easily with, right? Um, in fact, some ways, it's, it's, with the people who love maths, it's like, hey, tone it down a little bit, right? There's other people in the class we should share, right? But the thing that confused me about Raphael is that I'd often pass him in the playground. I'd be like, hey, Raphael, how are you doing? And he would just, he, he wouldn't, he'd barely even acknowledge me. Like he was, and sometimes he would look at me and he'd just be like cold is the only word that I can use to describe. And I was like, what have I done wrong? Um, and in class, I just, I started being a little, I'd second guess myself. I'm like, oh, is he, is he in another mood? Maybe um, there's, there's some uh psychological issues that i i'm not aware of and he's just going through a really tough time anyway many months pass by the way i should say like this is a, a, a troubling situation to me for a long time uh, and then one day i see Raphael walking along uh the street because he's he's going to catch his bus and i'm um i'm also going to catch a bus at the same time and i don't just see Raphael, i see Raphael, and then i see Raphael again because Raphael is a twin and his brother who I've been passing for months and trying to call by the wrong name. Hi Raphael. And he's like, you crazy man, leave me alone. Stop hassling me. And I was like, yep, just some rookie mistake, right? Like, yeah. and here's the thing at a school of 2000 students, uh, there's a lot of twins. There's a lot of twins. And I've um, been a little more conscious of this in the future, uh, but yeah, still. There's, there's a teaching That's tip great. in there as well. You know, if uh, if it's weird, maybe check the, the roster first and, and see <laughs> yes. if they're a twin or a triplet, if you're seeing them everywhere. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's good. Always, Love always it. check for siblings and always know who the parents are because maybe they're on staff or, you know, something like that. Yeah, always. absolutely. Got to be cautious. Yeah, we haven't heard that. We haven't heard one of those teaching tales yet, but I'm sure there's one one coming sometime soon. Absolutely love it. That's great, Eddie. Uh, all right, are you um, are you willing to play the alphabet game against Mr. White? Look, I I can't uh, lie. I feel pressure um, because I know the guests have had such an incredible track record, and I'm it's, like, don't. It's been uncanny, don't actually. It's, yeah, it's 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 been strange, actually, that they that Mr. White hasn't got a win on the board as yet. But yes. um, today I, I could be I'm the day. At, I'm usually very good at, at things, and um, I'm yet yeah. to salute here. But uh, today's the day. Come on. Uh, All right. I doubt that very much. All right. Off the weekend. Thank you, Monty. All right, here we go. Um, what shall we do? So the completely unbiased questions, of course. <laughs> always. Yeah. always. <laughs> Excellent. Um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it off with. I could go anyway. All right. It's nice you make that concession for me that you're actually going to ask a question to which I might be able to respond. Excellent. Name a sport played in a school starting with F. Football. Football. That's one for Mr. Wu. Oh, All right. there's a lag. There's a lag. It's, there's a lag. It is. It's a time thing. I wasn't sure if mine was going to squeeze in, but I think yeah, I got it there. was well and truly in. It was in by two, two, two seconds. All right. Here we go. Now I'm not playing nice. 
All right. Okay. Uh, name a mathematical concept starting Ooh. with G. Geometry. Geometry. Mr. Wu, oh, it's, it's two nil. Thank you, Internet uh, Gods, for smiling on my upon me and getting my well audio done. through before Whitey's. Well done, well done, very, good. very. The good. producer Take will um will listen listen to it a little bit later on, and obviously it was if it was the other way around, we'll switch it. Um, oh, he's, sure. he's good like that. Sure, yes. we will. Yep. <laughs> All right, um, we could talk to you all day uh eddie and very appreciative i know that you're there's a many many balls being juggled in your um in your hands which is great and you're at um at your school at cherry brook today um so i'm sure you've got classes to teach after uh as the day progresses and um so i would like you to um let our listeners know any way that they can make contact with you uh, connect on YouTube, on WooTube, anything that they can do that they can look up more information about you and 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 learn more. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can get me, I think, on all of the socials that uh, people of my age actually are on. And the reason why I say that is because I do not have, as was demonstrated by the intro, nearly enough dance moves to make it on TikTok. Um, or Snapchat or any of those kinds of things. Um, I do remember the first time um, some students said to me, hey, do you want to be on our Be Real? And I was like, on your what? Like, what are we talking about? Um, and I got an education. So I'm like, okay, uh, technology moves fast, right? But, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those, you'll you'll find me. Um, thankfully, as far as I know, um, I'm the only Eddie Wu in Australia. There is a, an Eddie Wu who lives in New York and he's a DJ. Um, and I occasionally get tagged um, uh, by by friends of his. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know enough musical skill for that, but thank you. <laughs> so, we, um, so, so you need to look up Eddie Wu, not the DJ. Um, that's right. Like, that's yeah, right. yeah, good, good, good. Um, so that's it. helpful. Um, the other thing that, I mean, you mentioned it very briefly just there, but um, I mean, the way that a lot of people have encountered me for the first time is through my YouTube channel. Uh, and I've been doing it for, uh, it's crazy. I've been doing it for more than 10 years now. So it's kind of bizarre actually realizing I've done it this long. But one of the things that happened probably within the first couple of years is that I started to realize that it wasn't just students who were watching. So it's very relevant to this podcast. Um, I was actually getting emails from teachers who were saying, hey, this was really helpful to me to see it explained in a different way. Uh, this literally just happened to me last week. Uh, not that I necessarily endorse this, by the way, but a friend of mine from church, she said, oh, I was doing a casual day and um, she's a math teacher. And I was, I was doing, I was relieving someone else's class and the instructions that they had left was please go and watch this guy's video. And like I said, I, I think you can do a lot better than just putting a video of me on the class, on the on the screen. But this anyway, the funny video. thing was, yeah, exactly. The funny thing, I mean, I'll take it as a compliment. I truly do. Um, but what was interesting to me was my friend from church was watching the video and she said, oh, I loved it because in the middle of the class, you had to discipline a kid and it wasn't like edited out or things like that. I was like, no, I don't have time for that. Like, it's just a real classroom and the bell goes and I'm like, oh, I haven't finished my lesson. Like these things happen. So because I realized, I started to realize that there are teachers watching, uh, it's a lesser known fact that I actually have a second 
uh, channel and it's called, because I'm a maths nerd, um, it's called Bluetooth Squared. So it's a little two. Um, Ooh, and nice. it's videos that are entirely focused on teachers. So um, now that I do work at the University of Sydney, working with pre-service teachers, I'm starting to put more stuff up on there. Um, and so I'd love to know if there are um, things that people are particularly interested in that maybe I could, you know, produce stuff on that. Um, and certainly there's quite a few things that I put there over the years that uh, they don't get the same uh, kind of traffic because it's for teachers, not for just anyone. So I hope that's helpful to people. So, so for teachers, so you're saying, so it's for teachers uh, like uh, breaking down how to teach a certain mathematical concept? Yeah, so it's a variety of different things. So it's some of that. It's some of like when I go and I present at a conference that's for teachers, I'll record it um, in much the same way that I record my classroom teaching. Uh, sometimes when we have pre-service teachers um, posted here at the school, I'll, you know, I'll host a little fireside chat with them and then record it. So things like that, anything that I feel like me might be useful um, to my fellow educators, I put it there. So I hope some of the listeners will, will benefit from that. That's right. fantastic. That's very, very helpful. And without a doubt, I know that there's been um, a number of, a number of my schools, if uh, people who have not known how to teach a, a particular concept, they have definitely gone to WooTube, not WooTube squared, to have a look at how you've gone about it to then know how to, and then to, to teach it. So um, that's great. great. And, and high praise to you as well. Uh, that you're yeah, shaping right. so many young uh, young maths teachers' minds. All right, um, can you just what was the what was the name of the university lecturer that you shouted out at the very start? Judy Anderson. Judy Anderson. So I want to say a big thank you to Judy Anderson, and without a doubt, um, this podcast is for early career teachers. It's for teachers. It's for teacher aides. It's for people, students at school wanting to become teachers. It's for the parents of teachers out there who think their kids are awesome. Hi, mum. And it's most <laughs> definitely for for un universities and particular education departments in, um, in universities. Absolutely. Yeah, teachers of teachers because mm. they're doing such important work with our initial teacher training. Super definitely. excited to know that you're joining um that team at university of sydney i'm can i i, yes. I saw the how excited everybody was to see that when you you put that up uh on your socials so they must be delighted to have you and further touching young teachers lives in the future so that's Brilliant. wonderful mm. for our listeners who want to get in contact with us uh tell them the email address uh mr white uh teachers change lives podcast at yahoo.com <laughs> Teachers Change Lives podcast at gmail.com. Oh, you're killing Better? me, Mr. White. Uh, Absolutely so killing close. me. Like a true <laughs> professional. Well done. <laughs> Seriously. It's a and growth yeah. mindset. I'm learning as we go. I'm learning as we oh, go. Absolutely. Oh, and it's a miracle that Video Pro have come on board to help us uh, give us. Give us all of this amazing oh, no. equipment that does work. And uh, we were telling Eddie before that it's just props. We just, we're just looking like we know what we're doing. And uh, as evidenced by Mr. White then, really don't have any clue whatsoever. Um, so it's on the Gmail. We've also, uh, you can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, and um, we would love, love, love to hear what you think, um, go to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, give us five stars and leave us leave a, review. a review. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, all right. Uh, Eddie Wu, you're an absolute legend. Thank legend. you so much for su supporting us and yes. um, and supporting the show and supporting teachers all around Keep Australia. Doing what you're doing. 
Yes, indeed. My Thank you very pleasure, much. guys. Actually, my cheeks hurt from all of the smiling and laughing. So <laughs> That's beautiful. Sorry, the job well done. Good. good stuff. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Keep changing kids' lives. See you later, everyone. That's it. Ta-da.